Blessed be the Lord. Psalm 18. I'm going to read Psalm 18, verse 34 first, and then we're going to go into the entire psalm, and then go to 1 Samuel. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. That's the first verse of the psalm. This is the writer of the psalm through the Spirit of God, David, who's writing this psalm. That's why this is here in God's Word. Every word of God is breathed by the Spirit of God. And God has placed this in His Holy Word. So, the first verse says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. We're just going to go to verse 34, and I'm going to say why I read verse 1, begin with. Verse 34. He trained my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. That's NIV. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. That's NLT. He trains my hands for war so that my arm can bend a bow of bronze. Verse 34, ESV. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms KGV he teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze New King James Version this God who is my strength What does he do? When I love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, he becomes my strength. And he not only gives me his strength, but he becomes the one who trains me. For what? For war. He trains my hand for war. So that I know how to wage the war and I have the power to wage the war. These two are two different things. Without the strength, no matter what kind of tactics you know or you've been taught, you will not be able to implement that if you don't have the strength. No matter how strong you are, if you don't know how to fight, you'll be a failure. Need them both. God himself becoming the strength to those who love him with the strength they have. You love God with everything that is within you. 
with the strength that you have. You may have little strength, but that's all you have. When I say little strength, doesn't mean that you don't love him enough. No. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in every way, with everything that is within you. That means even when your physical frame is frail and weak, you still praise him. You still worship him. Your mind is weak. When I say weak, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about the mental capacity to think or to remember. You still praise him with what strength you have. At that point, something supernatural takes place to those who really love him. He becomes their strength. Because the Bible says, those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Renewed strength is necessary for those whose strength is just waning away. God says to those who have little strength, to no strength, he says, I'm going to increase your strength. I'm going to give you my strength. Because of what little you have, you have come to my presence. To give yourself as a living sacrifice. He says, therefore, I'll fill you with my strength. So that's number one, where God himself replaces our weaknesses with his strength. Once again, when I say weaknesses, it's not sin. It talks about your physical capacity, your mental capacity, your emotional capacity. And secondly, the one who strengthens us shows us how to fight, teaches us how to fight, trains us how to fight the good fight of faith, the battle that we're in day in and day out. He gives power to the faint, increases their strength, and he trains us how to fight. So with his training and with his strength, we overcome. He shows us how to bend the bow and he gives us the strength to bend the bronze bow or the bow of steel. Very strong metal. How to bend it with the strength that he has provided. Both are from God. And it's for those who love him with everything that is within them. I love you, O oh Lord, my strength. The rock is the Lord God himself. And the psalmist David, he says in verse 2, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved 
from my enemies. How? When I take him to be my fortress. Now, God becomes our strength and he teaches us how to fight. We also need that protection from God. Our spirits need his protection. Our bodies need his protection. Our souls, they need his protection. And David says, I'm going to the best protection. That is the Lord God who is my rock. He's my fortress. My deliverer. I make him to be my protection. The one who comes and delivers me. That, that means that the enemy is allowed to pursue, but he comes and delivers. He delivers his people. My rock and my fortress. He's my strength. God himself is my strength. And I trust in him. I know who he is. I know how strong he is. I know how powerful he is. I know that I can not only run to him, but live in him. My fortress. My strong tower. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So I'll call upon this refuge, this fortress, this strong tower. Who's forever worthy to be praised because he's almighty. And because of that, I shall be saved from my enemies. It's not that because I have God, I have no enemies, no. Because you have God, you have enemies. You have a lot more enemies. Because Satan hates God, he'll hate all those who are on God's side. But God becomes our Savior. He's a Savior of our minds, He's a Savior of our souls, He's a Savior of our spirits, He's a Savior of our bodies. The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surround me the snares of death confronted me who? to a sinner? no to a man who loves God with everything that is within himself to a man God has become his protection his fortress what surrounded him pangs of death surrounded him the floods of ungodliness this is not talking about sin it's talking about the people came so close so close to shake him but he was not shaken that's the key the stars of Sheol surrounded me to that extent God allowed this man of God who trusted in the living God to go through suffering pain torment the snares of death confronted me in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him. 
even to his ears. The righteous cry, God hears him. And the righteous cry, God hears him. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Who was angry? God was angry. Why was he angry? Because he heard the cry of his faithful servant, David. He got angry. God was angry. He said, who made him cry out to me with such agony? Everything came to David because God allowed it. God saw everything before it happened. He allowed it. But when it happened, when his servant cried out to God, it stirred up God to take action because it's a war. It's a war between heaven and hell, war between light and darkness, war between God's people and Satan's kingdom. God was so angry. He was angry at, he was angry at Satan and he was angry at Satan's people. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. This description came from this man of God because he went through this great path of trial. He was able to describe how God came because he was able to see God up close, which he would have not had he not gone through this pangs of death that surrounded him. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's the miracle. And he rode upon a cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness a secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. This shows the anger of God. This is just the beginning of war. Satan fought and tried to shred David into pieces because he's taken he had taken God to be his fortress in defense he cried out to God deep distress God arose God arose God arises it's the beginning of something 
very, very glorious for God's people and very deadly for Satan and his people. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe. Whose foe? David's foe. God got angry and God took action. God is sending out arrows upon David's enemies. Lightning in abundance and he banished them. What did God do? God confronted and he fought against the enemies of his servant, his son, David, who loved God with all his heart, who took God to be his refuge in his fortress. God will do the same thing for each one of you if you truly love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and take him to be everything. Not use human tactics and human skills and and try to play God in your situation, but let God be God. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were uncovered. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Such was the trouble that David faced. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He allows those many afflictions to come. God shows His mighty power. Each one of them becomes a triumphant, glorious testimony. Badge of honor for God's people. Fight the good fight of faith. Victorious in fighting with God becoming their strength and God becoming their trainer. Training their hands for battle. Their fingers of war to bend the bow of bronze. What is God doing here? God took him out of many waters. That means so many troubles, afflictions that could have drowned him if he never had God. That was not the case with David. Because he had the Lord and he called out to him. So we have to understand. Just because we have God Never think that, oh, because I have God, automatically God is bound or He's obligated to come and help me. No. We need to take Him to be our everything and we need to call out to Him every single time. He has to become our everything and He must be invited into every situation. We need to be people of prayer. We need to be people of integrity. And God will hear us then He will answer us. He took David out of all his afflictions. 
it drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. The psalmist says here, because the affliction was so deep, he said, this enemy who came and afflicted me was so strong, too strong for me. I needed God in this situation. And God came and he delivered me from my strong enemy and those who hated me. There were many and they were stronger than David. Why? Because they were filled with the devil. They were filled with the hatred that came from Satan and they were filled with Satan's strength. Because their strength were, because the strength that they had was not human strength, was superhuman strength, which was satanic strength. David cannot fight with human strength. He needed superhuman strength and he needed God's strength which is more powerful than Satan's strength and he had God to be his God. And that's how God came and he delivered him from the enemy, his enemies who were too strong for him because they were filled with demonic spirits strength of Satan himself God said I'll come I'm stronger than the strong man I'll come and he came and he rescued David and David had a testimony many testimonies that's why he was able to say many of the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all They confronted me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my support. What a glorious statement this is. What a glorious statement the statement is. Yeah, the enemy was there. But you know who was my support? God was my support. So in the lives of God's people... There are days of calamities. There are days of distresses. Do you know who stands with God's people? God himself. When you walk with God, you can be sure of this. In your day of calamity, the Lord himself will be your support. He will stand with you. God himself will be your support. He also brought me out into a broad place. When the enemy was trying to suppress and crowd and corner, God delivers his people, like he delivered David, and brought him out to a broad place. Why? Because he was permitted by God to be squeezed into the narrow place where the enemies trying to overpower him. The hand of the Lord drew him out of those many waters, drew him 
out of that affliction and brought him into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. That's the key. Why will God deliver people? Because they delight in him. When you delight in God, he will deliver you. When you delight in him, when you love him with all your heart, that's verse 1 that we first read. He will deliver you. He will bring you to a broad place, just like how he blessed Job double. God will deliver you. God will bring you into a broad place if you delight in him. And he will delight in you. When you delight in him, God delights in you. Nothing can overcome you. Nothing can overpower you. Verse 20. The Lord rewarded me accordingly to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands. He recompensed me. What a beautiful statement from a man of God who lived a pure life, clean life before God Almighty. The Lord rewarded David according to what? David's righteousness. A lot of times people pray, Lord, you've not rewarded me according to my sins. Which is good because it's God's mercy. But prayers like these are far more. Far more precious and far more glorious because this is God rewarding God's people because they were righteous. Because they were holy and pure. They were able to stand before God and say, Lord, like God spoke to us about Hezekiah from Hezekiah's life. Lord, you see how I lived before you. You see how I walked before you. He was able to pray such prayers. If anyone would tell you, oh, you cannot live holy and and it's hard and this is not going to happen and we're all human beings and we cannot live upright before God. They are liars inspired by Satan from the pit of hell who come to subvert truth and take God's people to the depths of hell. Every believer should be able to stand before God and say this because the Bible says, Be holy for I am holy. Every believer should be able to stand before God and say this that God rewarded me according to my righteousness. God rewarded Job according to his righteousness. He blessed him double. He brought him out of his many waters. He brought David out of his many waters. He brought Job out of his many waters. He brought Daniel out of his many waters. He brought Joseph out of his many waters. And he rewarded them all according to their righteousness. According to the cleanliness of their hands. He recompensed them. Verse 21. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. And have not wickedly departed from my God. What a clear conscience a person can have. And should have. 
when they walk with the living God. Never say that I'm walking with God if you're walking in sin. Never say that your family is walking with God if they're walking with sin. These days, the word or the term walking with God has no meaning. Just because someone reads and prays or someone goes to church doesn't mean that they're walking with God. You need to walk uprightly and do righteously. God should be able to say that you are His and He's yours. Walking with God is a very serious phrase. You cannot walk with God with sin in your hands and sin on your lap. You can only walk with God if you're walking by faith and walking uprightly. That's what walking with God is. Because He's a holy God. You can't walk with filth in your hands, filth in your body, and say that you're walking with God. You can't. You need to put away what you need to put away. Be cleansed by Him and then walk with Him with clean hands and pure hearts. David was able to say that. But I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me and I did not put away his statutes from me. He was saying that I kept all his commandments before me and I kept the word of God. I did not put away his word. I did not put away his law. I was also blameless before him and I kept myself from my iniquity. These are the things every believer should do and should be able to stand before God and say that I was also blameless before him and I kept myself from my iniquity. There's no excuse for human beings to say why they cannot be faithful to God, why they cannot be holy, why cannot why they cannot live a life like these servants of God lived a blameless life who lived upright lives who lived blameless lives they were able to stay before God and God found their statements to be worthy to insert that in the book of all books the Holy Bible therefore verse 24 says the Lord has recompensed me accordingly to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness of my hands in his sight. Why did God draw him out of many waters? Why did God bring him to a broad place? Because he was upright before God. Which is, he truly loved God. With a merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With a pure, you will show yourself pure. And with a devious, you will show yourself shrewd. For you will save the humble people, but will bring down hardy looks. This is who our God is. If you walk with Him, He will walk with you. If you are true to Him, He will be true to you. If you live an upright life before God, He will be there for you. 
in your day of trouble. For you will light my lamp, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. God's people will go through darkness, but God himself becomes their light. God himself becomes their light. So when the enemy comes and he says, hey, look at you. Look what I've done. I've taken everything away from you like he did with Job. Look, there's darkness all around you. That's the time God's glory will shine upon God's people. Supernatural light overtakes the darkness that was brought by Satan. God will enlighten my darkness for by you I can run against the troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. The Bible never says that. Well, you have God to be a refuge and you have God to be this and and so, therefore, you won't have trouble. No. In this world, you have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said. So you have troops coming against you. You have a big wall that's in front of you. But the miracle working power of the Lord will cause you to run against the troop. That means, with God's boldness, go and face the enemy and overcome him. To go over the wall. Wall is there. Through God. You can just jump over that wall. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. God's people will face that. Darkness, wall, troops, enemies, waters, troubled waters. All these things. But God is bigger than the enemy. There are times when he will keep the walls, but he will give you the power to leap over those walls. There are times where he will bring down the wall. He will make you walk around it seven times and make you walk around it seven times the seventh day. God is speaking to our hearts this morning. Never try to figure out things your own way. Let God work things out for you. Be upright before God. Don't live a haphazard Christian life. Be a believer who truly believes in the power of the Almighty God. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He's a shield to all those who trust in Him. What is proven? The integrity of God is proven. His word delivers. His word defends. His word destroys the powers of darkness. His word protects his own. He's a shield to all those who trust in him. That's what is proven. God has been proven to be faithful to all those who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. 
makes my way perfect. How? He himself becomes the strength of his people. He himself comes and makes the crooked path straight. He himself levels the mountains. And when he himself does it, you know what happens to the crooked path? It becomes perfect. The mountains that are in the way, he levels it down and it becomes a perfect way. Every hindrance of Satan brings your way. When God is in the picture because of your integrity, because of your faithfulness to him, you have a perfect way. In the midst of the crooked path, you have God's perfection shining, turning the crooked path into a perfect path. He makes my feet like hind's feet, and he sets me on high places. He will do all these things to those who walk uprightly and work with righteousness. God secures the place of the lot of his people. He takes his people, he strengthens his people, and he puts them in a broad place and sets them on high places. And then he teaches them to fight. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. May God strengthen our hearts this morning. When God is for us, who can be against us? This means that no one will rise up against us now. They cannot prevail. That's what that means. When God is for us, who could be against us? That means they can all come, but they cannot prevail. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. God guarantees the spiritual protection and the physical protection of his people if they would live uprightly before him. He didn't take away the enemies. He left the enemies so that David can have a part in destroying the enemy. Now the joy of having victory over his enemies. Verse 37. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were all they were destroyed. With God's strength and with God's training, David pursued his enemies. The enemies who were stronger and too strong for him with God's strength and with God's training, David pursued his enemies and he overtakes him. And he didn't turn back. Okay, I, you know, I scared them a bit and so I'm going to go back home. No. He finished the job. He said, I'm not going to let them 
live to come after me again. So he said, I'm going to go after them until they were destroyed. That's how God's people should be. When it comes to sin, when it comes to wickedness, when it comes to thoroughly cleaning your lives, don't stop halfway. Destroy what needs to be destroyed out of your life. So that the old enemy may not come back again. You can have a different enemy coming, but the same one shouldn't be coming. So it's important to fight until the enemy is destroyed. It's not a one-minute thing, two-minute thing. It's not a one-day thing, two-day thing. But it's the job. Until the enemy is destroyed, you pursue, you overtake, and you make sure that all of them are destroyed. It's your job. God trains our hands for battle and our fingers for war, and God himself becomes our strength. But pursuing the enemy and overtaking the enemy and destroying the enemy is our job. Through his training and through his power, we overcome by doing what God has called us to do. That's where prayer comes into play. Where you don't stop until you see the final victory. I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. What a victory. What a victory. His enemies, David wounded them in a way that they cannot get up and pursue him ever again. They've all fallen under his feet. How come David was able to do that? Because he loved God with everything that he had and he was faithful to God by keeping all his commandments and not living a double life. Because of that, God himself became his strength and God himself became his trainer. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. Even though David overtook them and destroyed them, he says, right there, it's because of his strength. It's because of his training. It's because of God working through me. Yes, I ran. Yes, I fought. But it was God fighting through me. Because he trained me. And I gave myself to the training of God Almighty. God never trains you to just sit there and fight with some dummy mannequins over there. No. You'll face real enemies, that's what the training is for. And when the training is over, you're in a real battle, and you really face the real, real enemy, and that's where you really fight. Fight from the strength that God has given, which is God's strength. God never strengthens us for nothing. He strengthens us because we're called to fight. 
He's not teaching us for nothing. He's teaching us because we have to fight. Subduing our enemies and bring them under our feet is our job, but we do it through him who works in us. You have also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. Very powerful statements through the Spirit of God, the man of God, right over here. These are the things David had to do. Through God working in him. They cried out, but there was none to say, because these are vipers and children of vipers who actively look to destroy the innocent. So they cry out, God will not answer them. The Lord did not answer them. And God does not answer. We have nothing to do with those whom God hates. They cried out. No one was there to save them. That means God cuts off even every human being. They potentially could rise up in favor or help his enemies. He cuts off those supplies. He cuts off those links. And God says, look what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut off every human help and I myself will not answer you. God did not answer them. Someone says, oh, God loves everybody. Oh, yes, God loves everyone. He wants them to repent. But when they don't repent, when they show their fist against God and they try to mock Him and work against the Holy One of Israel and work against His servants, His people. God becomes the enemy. God will not answer them. At that point we cannot say, Oh, God loves them. No, God hates them. And God becomes the enemy. And when they cry out, God will not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust before the wind and I cast them out like dirt in the streets because that's how they were wicked and vile you have delivered me from the strivings of the people you have made me the head of the nation why? because David did the will of God David really loved God with everything that he had David destroyed the enemies of God who are his enemies through God working in him and through him. Through God's strength and through God's strategy. If you want to overcome the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and all the enemies that stand against God for you to live an overcoming life you need to have God's strength and God's strategy. Then you need to fight the good fight of faith. Only then will promotion come. Only then will exaltation come. There's a time to mourn and there's a time to laugh. So for God's people, when God takes them through the valley of Becca, 
then there's a time when they will reap the harvest from their tears that fills that valley which watered the seeds that they sowed yielding an abundant harvest that's how David became the head of the nations not only were the enemies brought under his feet but David was promoted because he was so faithful in doing the will of God he proved himself to be a faithful warrior of the Almighty God. God made him the head of the nations. It's not David himself trying to become somebody like many people try to do. God did everything for David. And David did everything for God. A people I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. The foreigners submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. When he talks about foreigners, he's talking about people who came supporting his enemies. People who don't belong, who are not his allies. They're the ones who will be frightened at the sight of David. What a powerful psalm this is. But God not only allows His people to go through deep waters, He draws them out and they call out to Him. Those who live upright lives before God, God becomes their strength and becomes their trainer. And God himself becomes their victory. Give them the power to endure the battle until the war is over. Give them the power to fight until the enemy is utterly destroyed. There's none left. Until they're all brought under his feet. And God promotes his people. Because he can trust his people. He can trust David, his servant. Who proved himself to be a mighty warrior of God Almighty. The Lord lives, blessed be my rock, let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up about those who rise against me. You delivered me from the violent men. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. All these things that God worked in and through David, causing him to accomplish mighty things for the Almighty God. David gives credit to God Almighty because it was his strength and his strategy that David used God working in and through David delivering him from his enemies lifting him up above those who rose against him he delivered David from the violent men the violent men were allowed to pursue him 
God came and showed his mighty power by delivering David from those violent men. No one should not know the answer to why God allows the enemies to pursue God's people. Because God wants to destroy them utterly and exalt his servants. Therefore, will I give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. Forevermore. Why? Because David lived an upright life before God. Therefore he can truly say, I love the Lord. Not the flaky terms people use these days. Oh, I love Jesus. And I love coffee too. Oh, my brother, my family, they love Jesus. But they curse, they drink, they do other things. What a contradiction. What a lie. Is that love? No. True love will get rid of everything that God hates. That's what love is. True love will pursue its lover. True love will be captured by its lover. True love will do anything for its lover. True lover will delight in his or her love. And this love is stronger than death. And this love will lay down its life for those whom he loves. That's what true love is. You see that in David's life. He truly loved God with everything that was within him. He so happily was able to say that I love God and I keep his commandments. And so freely, with a clear conscience, he was able to say it. Not with a burdensome attitude, oh, I have to do this. No. He was in love with God. And God was in love with him. He delighted in God and God was delighted in him. And he was able to say, God delighted in me. And that be said of every single person in our church. I'm going to take you to one scripture portion before we conclude for this morning. If the Lord wants me to. Let's go to First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. And I will read Verse 37. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of of this Philistine. Different 
types of problems. The paw of the lion is an enemy that is stronger than David. A lion's paw, when it strikes a human being, is much stronger than a human being. It will kill a human being. The paw of the bear is much stronger than the hands of human beings. The giant stood before David was much stronger than David. All these enemies were too strong for David, stronger than David, but the power of God that worked in and through David caused him to kill the bear, kill the lion, and kill the giant. I want to emphasize two things here this morning before we go into prayer. Number one is God delivering His people from the hands of the enemy. That was the first part of the psalm we read. How God was His deliverer, how God drew Him from waters, how God delivered Him. And the second part is how He gave Him the power and the strategy to destroy the enemy. God delivered David from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear and from the hand of the Philistines. And what did God do? God strengthened David's hand for battle and caused him to kill the lion with his bare hands, kill the bear with his hands, kill the giant with his hands. The hands of the enemy, all his enemies, the bear, the lion, and the giant, but much stronger than David. Oh, David, how did you do that? Where did you get your strength from? Where did you get your strategy? It came from the lover of his soul, to whom he was so faithful to. If you walk uprightly and work righteousness and truth upon your lips and truth in the inward parts of your beings, God will cause you to do the impossible. He will take you before impossible situations and He'll cause you to do the impossible. He will deliver you from the hand of your enemy and He'll cause you to destroy your enemy. There's a prophecy God is speaking to us this morning. He will not only draw you out of many waters, but He will cause you to ride on those very same waters. He will not only subdue your enemies under your feet, but He will make you a ruler over many nations. If you have integrity... We have a clear conscience to stand before God and say, I've kept all your commandments, Lord. I did all that you have told me to do. Not because I had to, because I wanted to. Because I love you, O Lord, with all my heart. You're the only one I love and you're the only one I serve. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this morning hour. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the Lord God who speaks. You're the Lord God who answers from heaven. You're the Lord God who not only draws us out of many waters from our afflictions, but you give us the power to subdue 
the same enemy on Rafit. The Lord God who delivered David from the hand of the bear, hand of the lion, hand of the Philistine. You caused David to destroy the bear with his hands. You caused David to destroy the lion with his hands. You caused David to destroy the Philistine with his hands. And he exalted him. Because him not only have victory over the enemies who came, but made him a leader over many nations. I pray that you'll bless your people this morning. Help them to understand these deep truths that you are giving to your people this hour. Simple, your deep truths. That they may walk uprightly before you. Because you will do anything for those who truly love you. And you're looking for people who truly love you, whose hearts are truly loyal towards you. And yes, they will go through the fire, go through the flood. You'll cause them to walk out of the fire, right on the flood. Not only will you deliver them out of the hands of the enemy, but you use the hands of your people who are faithful to you to destroy the enemy and you'll promote them with honor and glory to do your will. So I pray that you'll help your people, Lord, to be faithful, to truly keep their eyes on you, to truly understand that our God is upright there's no unrighteousness in him and his people who should resemble God should also be upright. Resemble his holiness. And truly be true to the one who saved them from their sins. That every believer in our church and truly live a life that has been saved out of sin, not in sin, out of sin. So Jesus came to save us from our sins. Thank you, Father. So let no one live an unrighteous life. May each and every brother, sister, child who is on this call be like David before the fall. Be like David with a clear conscience before God when you made the choice to live before God in an upright manner because he loved God with everything that is within him. So I pray, Lord, that you will have your hand over your people this day, during this week. That every word that you have spoken to them this morning may become theirs. They may be diligent. They may be diligent, O oh Lord. The highly word that you have given this morning in their hearts and meditate on it. So that the promise that you have given, which goes along with the condition, may become theirs. That every brother, sister, child here may grow up, may grow into vessels of honor who are truly be people who are trained by God Almighty through the power of His might 
and with this blessing as your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with this blessing that you alone can bless them with. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.